This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. WABC New York and 1071 WLIR Hampton Bays. It's the 77 WABC News Hour. Talking the news with Noah Layden. All the news you need to know with Joe Nolan, Traffic, Justin Ellick, Sports. And now, talking the news with Noah on 77 WABC. Yeah, that's me, 5 o'clock. Good morning. It is Tuesday, November 14th. Your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. Sun clouds today, high 53. Tonight, overnight, clear, low 38. And then Wednesday sunshine, a little bit warmer, high 56. If you're walking out the door with us right now, 38 and partly cloudy in Riverhead out on Long Island, 40 and clear in Little Silver down in New Jersey. And it is 43 and partly cloudy here in Midtown. So much to get to as we work our way up. Six o'clock hour, Sid and friends in the morning. We'll start here in the city with this federal probe into Mayor Adams' campaign, reportedly now focusing on a series of text messages related to the opening of the Turkish government's new consulate in Manhattan. The word is, is that Mayor Adams reportedly helped this along. And then there's this money connection, apparently, between, uh, reportedly, I should say, and allegedly between the Turkish government through a Turkish construction company in Brooklyn and money into the campaign uh, chest of Mayor Adams. Now, they're trying to connect this all together and see what might have been up here, if anything was up at all. And uh, the mayor doesn't, of course, really want to talk a whole lot about this. Uh, he had a press conference yesterday. It was about the electric helicopters that will soon be flying around New York City. And uh, But then Marsha Kramer got the question in asking him about this. Without really knowing, you know, is that um, these periodic big stops, we're cooperating. We need to get this together so all the facts can come out. Yeah, so there he's actually talking about the leaks in this case. He's not happy about that. Investigators looking into whether texts between Adams and the FDNY commissioner at the time, Daniel Nigro, and a Turkish official helped fast-track the opening of this new building in September of 2021. FBI agents stopped Adams on a city street last week, confiscated his mobile devices as part of this investigation. There are people who are standing up for the mayor today, including City Councilwoman Gail Brewer, the former Manhattan Borough president. She was at that helicopter event, the press conference yesterday, and uh, she told CBS that she often calls city agencies, including the FDNY, to speed things up for constituents. So she says, I don't really see what's wrong here. I would ask them to help with whatever it is. If there was a CFO issue, a fire, what I would say is, could you please hurry up because this building has to open. I can understand that. So if Eric Adams did it, do you think it would be a bad thing? No, I don't. And this, if it's a constituent issue, from what I've read in the paper so far, I don't have a problem with it. Now, if there's anything else, I don't know. But in terms of helping a building open, because the fire department is slow, and I have to tell you, they're very slow, 
because they don't have enough inspectors. Yeah, but there's still a lot of questions connected to all this. The mayor clearly trying to get back to business. Uh, yesterday was his, uh, or actually today will be his off-topic press conference where he takes questions on other topics. I'm not sure why it's regulated to only one day. On Thursday, he's expected to release details of um, a new budget or a budget cut to help pay for the migrants. And uh, he already says he expects the cuts to city services to be heartbreaking. So he's trying to talk about anything except this probe. But when they have that off-question part of the press conference later today, I'm sure all the questions will be about that probe because people are still sniffing around trying to feel out what exactly took place between the Turkish government and the mayor's uh, campaign war chest back in 2021. 504, the uh, White House telling us yesterday that an American toddler among the hostages being held by Hamas in Gaza. That was new news to us. We have all spoken with families of U.S. citizens who are being held hostage by Hamas and have raised this issue with all of our counterparts. This remains a paramount priority for us. National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan there telling reporters yesterday that a three-year-old U.S. citizen whose parents were killed by the militant group Hamas during the October 7th attacks by those terrorists in Israel is believed to be among more the more than 200 being held in Gaza today. The three-year-old American citizen toddler whose parents were tragically killed by Hamas on October 7th. Yeah, and then we watched on last night as a large group of people, family members of Hamas hostages, made the long trek from Israel here to the city, a private plane paid for by private donors to gather at the gravesite of the well, a well-known rabbi, countless members of the city's Lubavitch communities, singing in solidarity, waiting in the cold for these buses to arrive last night so they could pray at this grave. We found a clip on uh, TikTok which shows that she was abducted by, uh, by a terrorist. You can see they're just begging for a life. Yeah, that's uh, one of the people who has a loved one being held. Uh, her name is Yanai. She was selling jewelry at that Nova Music Festival in the early morning hours of October 7th when Hamas terrorists poured in. Thousands ran for cover. She was kidnapped and dragged into Gaza, still being held in captivity. The family doesn't have much information about it. It's already 39 days that we are missing them. We have no information about them whatsoever. We don't know their condition, their physical condition. We're talking here about elderly people, sick people, wounded people, babies. Yes, so while they're waiting around for information, they were offered this flight to come from Tel Aviv here to New York City to pray at the grave of Menachem Schneerson, one of the more well-known rabbis of the 20th century. People have say they prayed over his grave. It's brought them good luck. And so uh, while most Israelis are secular, they said, why not? It can't hurt. Let's do it. So they showed up yesterday to pray over Schneerson's grave. It's warm my heart. It's very important to me. We all we all we are all one. We are all united, committed to bring them back as soon as possible. Yeah. WABC News Time five oh eight. The war between Israel and Hamas. This is day thirty nine. National Security Council spokesman John Kirby talking about the Israeli Defense Forces moving their way outside Gaza's main hospital yesterday. They have a legitimate right and a need to go after these leadership of Hamas, but they also have to be mindful of civilian casualties, particularly when it comes to a hospital. 
World Health Organization says Gaza's main hospital has gone three days without power, no longer functioning. We're going to stay uh, lashed up with our Israeli counterparts to see that they're doing everything they, they possibly can to allow safe passage for these people who are in such dangerous straits. Kirby saying Hamas uses these civilian infrastructures like hospitals to house their headquarters. They deliberately try to place the people of Gaza, innocent Palestinians, between them and the Israeli Defense Forces. And now they're talking about what will happen after this, even though they're still in the middle of this war to root out Hamas. The Biden administration emphasizing Israel must not reoccupy Gaza when the conflict is over. When we start to have conversations with uh, people in the region about what the future of Gaza looks like, those are the principles we're going to lay out that we want to, to see adhered to. State Department spokesman Matthew Miller there telling reporters there should be no reoccupation or reduction in Gaza territory comes after Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu had suggested they would take over overall security in Gaza once this war is over. No reoccupation of Gaza after the conflict and no reduction in the territory of Gaza. And then back here, officials cross New York, New Jersey, encouraging residents to report faith-based hate crimes as the war rages on overseas. Governor Hochul says there's been a huge spike in anti-Semitic incidents, and she's urging people to report them. We need the public to step forward. If you've been violated, you've been harassed physically, verbally, you have to let us know. So we can step up and protect you. In New Jersey, the Department of Homeland Security Director, Lori Duran, saying mostly the same thing. Whether it's a, you know, a swastika put on, on your door or if someone's calling you bad names, if we don't know about it, we can't do anything about that. And so we ask that please everyone report that through whatever mechanism makes you feel most comfortable. And state police investigators now actually embedding themselves with FBI operations to comb through social media, share intelligence with local law enforcement of people who want to do harm. This will give us greater visibility into the investigations that are unfolding. Because I'd rather any day of the week, instead of talking about solving crimes, be in the business of preventing crimes. So the uh, threats have been mounting, but Jewish community members say they've gotten tons of threats. If anyone thinks that they can get away with spreading hate and harming other New Yorkers and violating the law, you will be caught. You will be caught here in the state of New York because we are ramping up our resources to ensure that everyone can live freely. And a New Jersey congressman calling on the Department of Education to combat faith-based hate crimes on college campuses. Josh Gottheimer requesting the DOE investigate campus groups masquerading as student organizations to determine if they have ties to terrorists or their supporters. Specifically, we need to know whether they are legally receiving funding or providing material or financial support to terrorist groups like Hamas. We know that in the past, groups have been caught acting as a front and funneling money to Hamas from inside the United States. Gottheimer, who is Jewish, is urging the DOE to investigate the use of face masks at anti-Israel protests as a form of intimidation and to examine how college campuses have handled what he calls dangerous conditions. Of all backgrounds, of all faiths, of all religions, including Jewish students who are facing record levels of anti-Semitism. This is critical as well to those facing Islamophobia. And finally on this topic, thousands planning to gather on the National Mall today for a rally showing solidarity with Israel in efforts to combat that anti-Semitic violence as the war conflict rages on. Here's one of the organizers of this uh, demonstration today. The goal is to uh, ensure that Congress and the White House and America know that the American people stand with Israel, that the American people stand against anti-Semitism, that the American people stand 
for bringing home our hostages. Thought could be as many as 300,000 will show up today. 513. Down to Washington, President Biden says he's going to meet face to face with President uh, with Chinese President Xi, Jin, Xi Jinping in San Francisco tomorrow. We're looking forward to a productive meeting. President Biden has a long history with President Xi. Their conversations are direct. They're straightforward. National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan there telling reporters the two leaders will discuss some of the most fundamental elements in the relationship between Washington and Beijing. There are, of course, critical global issues that the two leaders will need to discuss, including uh, Russia's war against Ukraine and the evolving crisis in the Middle East. Yeah, and the U.S. is really hoping to resume military communications. You remember they were broken off after Congresswoman Nancy Pelosi visited Taiwan last year. There are also areas where we can more effectively manage competition. Yeah, so that'll take place tomorrow. Donald Trump Jr., Exiting the courtroom yesterday after testifying once again in the Trump Organization's civil fraud trial here in lower Manhattan. On behalf of the defense, he says an overzealous attorney general in New York is behind the charges against his father. It doesn't feel like, you know, we're playing by the rules. We're playing by a one-sided system of justice. Trump family being accused of inflating its wealth to get better loan agreements. The ex-president faces $250 million in fines and state civil lawsuit that could also stop him from conducting business here in New York. And while we're talking Donald Trump, a former attorney for Donald Trump has testified against the former president in the Georgia election interference case. Jenna Ellis telling prosecutors that Dan Scavino, who served as Trump's deputy of staff, told her Trump was not going to leave the White House in 2021, no matter what. A video recording of that testimony was obtained by the Washington Post. He said, well, the boss, meaning President Trump, and everyone understood the boss. Um, that's what we all called him. Um, he said the boss uh, is not going to leave under any circumstances. We are just going to stay in power. Now, Trump's lead attorney in the Fulton County case, says Ellis's testimony, is absolutely meaningless. He said, well, the boss, meaning President Trump, and everyone understood the boss. Um, that's what we all called him. Um, he said the boss uh, is not going to leave under any circumstances. We are just going to stay in power. And I said to him, well, it doesn't quite work that way, you realize. And he said, we don't care. Ellis is uh, one of four co-defendants to plead guilty in the case out of the 18 people indicted alongside Donald Trump. All right, 515, let's head over to the 77 WABC Sports Desk. Happy Tuesday. Good morning, Justin Ellis. Hockey was something that guided me to life, gave me purpose. And I feel so lucky that I find, found so, something so strong and passionate. So much passion for something at an early age. And it's given me so much, more than I can ever imagine. So thank you for this huge honor and for all the memories that I'll bring with me for the rest of my life. Well, no, had to squeeze that in. That was uh, New York Rangers great Henrik Lundqvist last night following his official induction into the Hockey Hall of Fame. The goaltender played a starring role at Madison Square Garden for 15 seasons with the Rangers and officially took his spot among hockey immortality last night. He headlined a goaltender-heavy 2023 class inducted uh, Monday last night. That also featured Mike Vernon and Tom Barrasso, the first time three netminders have entered together in more than 60 years. The 2012 Vezina Trophy winner as the NHL's top puck stopper. 
Lundquist ranks sixth all-time in wins with 459. Ninth in games played with 887 and 17th in shutouts with 64. The first Swedish goaltender to be inducted into the hall. Added 61 more victories in the playoffs, but Alas was never able to hoist the Stanley Cup. Nevertheless, congratulations to the great Henrik Lundqvist, King Henrik. The honor is well deserved. Over to the gridiron here. Week 10 in the NFL wrapped up last night with the Denver Broncos in Buffalo against the Bills on a Monday night football. Getting a second chance after missing wide right from 41 yards thanks to Buffalo being flagged for too many players. Broncos kicker Will Lutz connected on a 36-yard field goal attempt as time expired to secure a 24-22 win over the sloppy turnover-prone Bills. With the win, Denver moves to 4-5 and five overall in the year, which is still good for last place in a tight AFC West race. Sands the first-place Chiefs as for the Bills, they fall to an even 500 at 5-5, five and five, but still hold on to sole possession of second place in the AFC East behind Miami and in front of New York. On the hardwood, the Knicks fell in Boston to the Celtics by a score of 114-98. Jason Tatum scored 17 of his 35 points in the fourth quarter, which is when the Celtics turned a 91-88 lead into a runaway victory. Jalen Brunson scored 26, and Julius Randle had 25 and nine rebounds for New York, which was without R.J. Barrett. He missed his second night of a back-to-back with a migraine headache. Tonight in Brooklyn, the Nets are back on the court as they get set to welcome in the Orlando Magic for another dose of NBA in-season tournament group play. Tip-off there is scheduled for 7.30 p.m. Finally, on the ice in Edmonton, the duo Drysaddle and McDavid proved way too much for the Islanders to handle as they propelled the Oilers to the 4-1 to win over New York. Mar- uh, Matthew Barzal scored the lone goal for the Isles, and Ilya Sorokin finished with a 28 saves in route to the loss. New York has lost five in a row, including four straight in regulation. Tonight we've got Devils hockey to look forward to as they're back in action on the road in Winnipeg. A puck drop for them against the Jets is set for 8 p.m. tonight. And finally, award news is starting to trickle in out of the world of baseball as well. Yesterday, Arizona Diamondbacks outfielder Corbin Carroll and Baltimore Orioles shortstop Gunnar Henderson won the Rookie of the Year awards. Only the fifth time both league's winners have been unanimous. Manager of the Year winners will be announced this evening, while Say Young Award announcements will happen uh, Wednesday evening or tomorrow night, and we find out who our MVPs are come Thursday night. No, that's sports, and I'm Justin Alec on 77 WABC. WABC News Time 521. Chris Christie's campaign says he's reached the donor requirement to qualify for the next GOP debate in December, but the RNC pushing back, saying he's not met the polling requirements yet. The RNC is requiring candidates to have 80,000 separate donors in order to participate, but the RNC also requires candidates to reach at least 6% in two national polls. On Monday, a spokesman person for Christie's campaign claimed they had well over the required number of donors. The fourth GOP debate will be hosted by News Nation on December 6th. I'm Brian Shook. The Army formally apologizing for the treatment of a group of black soldiers who were convicted of mutiny for their roles in the Houston riots of 1917. The Army hereby sets aside all 110 court-martial convictions of 324 soldiers stemming from the events of August 23rd, 1917. Undersecretary of the Army Gabe Camarello says their military paperwork is going to be changed now. It'll show an honorable discharge. Nineteen black Army soldiers were executed. Most others received life sentences after they fought with police and white residents of a heavily segregated Houston neighborhood. We direct the correction of military records to show honorable discharge for the 95 soldiers of 324 not restored to duty as much as we want to. We cannot revise this difficult chapter in our past. 
but we can learn its lessons. A bishop from Texas has been dismissed from the Catholic Church now. This is rare. Joseph Strickland, who preaches in Tyler, has been outspoken about the progressive policies of Pope Francis. He makes it seem that one who opposes him and what he proposes is an enemy of the church. Strickland spoke last month at the Rome Life Forum in Rome, Italy, suggesting that Catholics need to stand up to the Pope. The removal of a bishop, it's rare. They are normally pressured to leave the pulpit, and they will. But in this case, he's been removed. Oh, we've got to change and shape everything to fit the now instead of saying, let's make our now resonate Strickland not going. Strickland not going quietly there. He says uh, Francis moving the church in the wrong direction, and he said he's going to keep pointing that out. Bishops today need to say no. We're not going to pretend truth can change. 523, Monday was the one-year anniversary of the mass shooting at the University of Virginia that killed three football players, including linebacker Deshaun Perry. Perry's mom says her life will never be the same. Pray my way through the rough times. I am staying positive and thought that Deshaun's legacy is here. It is alive. It is well. School opened the uh, stadium yesterday to the public so the community students could visit the memorial plaques to those players. The time is now to start to fight. If you have not gotten up to take a stand, the time is now. We have to fight for our children, fight for our future, that they were loved and will be loved and that their legacy will live on in the city of Charlottesville. It's very heartwarming. 524, not too far away, Washington, D.C. President Biden congratulating the Vegas Golden Knights on their 2023 Stanley Cup win. Had the White House meeting there yesterday. Just six years ago, the idea of a championship team playing on the ice in the Vegas desert seemed like a pipe dream. But the team ownership had faith. Why do they do this so much later? I know I'm asking a question that nobody can answer because I can't hear you. But why do they wait to do this till now? Like, why don't they honor them after they've won the Stanley Cup like a couple days or weeks afterwards? This is always the case, though. It doesn't matter who the president is. The Golden Knights, they beat the Florida Panthers in June four games to one, clinching the team's first ever Stanley Cup. So that's why they were at the White House yesterday. Two back surgeries in a year. Missing the second half of the season. Returns for game one of the playoffs and scores a hat trick in game five to win the Stanley Cup. Yeah, I know nothing about hockey, so I don't know who he's talking about, but I imagine it's one of the stars of that Vegas team. Trip to the finals in your very first year. Five total trips to the playoffs. Four conference finals. 267 total wins in six years. Yeah, just strange, though. Here we are in the... (laughs) We're into a whole nother season, and they're being congratulated for last season. 525, a Northern California engineer is hoping to help end the smash-and-grab theft phenomenon that continues. Right, We see so many of these smash-and-grabs. His name is David Ashforth. And he's come up with this digital media vending machine. So, you know, now when you go to CVS or Rite Aid or one of those pharmacies, they have everything behind those plastic keys. So you have to push a doorbell. Someone comes and helps you open up that case and you get your deodorant or toothpaste or whatever item it is because everything's locked up. So he's created a vending machine that would be as long as an aisle would be at CVS or Rite Aid. And you wouldn't need anybody. You would just push in the number of the item like you do like a thing of cookies and maybe your office and it would come out. So uh, he's starting to sell these to uh, big stores across the country. My machine could fit like right here and then I wouldn't have to find a manager with a key anymore. 
Yes, so it would replace entire aisles. It prints you a receipt or it gives you a pickup code. Yeah, it's a fancier version of those ones you have maybe in your office where it drops a thing of cookies and you got to stick your hand in. This is all robotic and it looks pretty cool. In a big retail store, you know, you maybe have 50 aisles. Maybe between one and five of those will be automated. Yeah, so customers would pay at the kiosk. The robots would retrieve and hand the items through a secure door. Uh, he claims that he's in deep conversations with a big uh, couple pharmacy giants across the country. Homer Simpson is going to continue strangling his son, Bart, despite speculations that the Simpsons were going to stop doing that. Bart, what are you doing? Uh-oh. Ah! Oh, you the show signaled a change in a new episode in which Homer responds to someone commenting on his firm handshake, telling his wife, strangling the boys paid off. Just kidding. I don't do that anymore. Times have changed. The website IGN claimed Homer hasn't put his hands around Bart's neck since the season airing between 2019 and 2020. But the show's co-creator told People magazine that nothing's getting tamed. I'm Mark Mayfield. The opening bell it rings this morning on Wall Street after stocks closed mix yesterday to kick off the week. A rise in Boeing shares provided some lift to the markets as investors weighed a Moody's downgrade to the outlook for the U.S. credit rating. Boeing added about 4% after Emirates inked a $52 billion deal for new aircraft. So at the closing bell yesterday, the Dow gained 55 points, S&P 500 lost four, NASDAQ fell 30 points. Talk Radio 77 WABC. It's the 77 WABC News Hour. Talking the news with Noah Layden. All the news you need to know with Joe Nolan, Traffic, Justin Ellick, Sports. And now, talking the news with Noah on 77 WABC. Serial sexual predator now serving. That's me, uh, 532. Sorry, that's me, Lou. Sorry. <laughs> it's one of those mornings. I got too many things going on at once. <laughs> you get to see how the uh, how they uh, you know fill the sausage here. All right, it is Tuesday, November fourteenth. Your forecasts from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center: sun, clouds today, high fifty three tonight, and overnight clear, low thirty eight. And then Wednesday, sunshine, high fifty six. If you're walking out the door with us right now, and thank God you are, thirty eight and partly cloudy in Riverhead, out on Long Island, forty and clear in Little Silver, down in New Jersey, and it is forty three and Partly cloudy here in Midtown. We're just getting this story actually in to the 77 WABC newsroom. This happened two weeks ago. Now it's happened again. A pedestrian crossing the roadway when he's hit by two cars in Brooklyn. This was late last night. The man struck at the corner of 37th Street and Fort Hamilton Parkway. So a Honda CRV hits this 46-year-old while he's crossing the street and keeps going. Seconds later, he's hit by a second car. That guy keeps going. You say, what is wrong with people? But I know I'm answering a question. There's lots wrong with people, unfortunately. Those two drivers... Uh, leaving the scene, police now searching for them both. They say there's uh, cameras in the area. They'll search through that and talk to eyewitnesses, hopefully be able to track those drivers down. But you remember there was a 77-year-old woman who was also hit in Brooklyn, I guess is now two weeks ago. Also, same thing. One car hits her, keeps driving. Seconds later, a second car uh, hits her and leaves her there to die. And uh, I always say this. 
you get a whole lot more trouble when you leave the scene. Is if you just stay there, it might have just been you know an awful accident, person, somebody running or walking across against the light. But nope, neither of these drivers stayed at the scene. We'll follow that story as more information, of course, comes into the newsroom. Out to uh, Long Island, a Glen Cove police cruiser rammed yesterday by a kidnapping suspect. This was in Manhasset. So it started in Glen Cove. Uh, uh, Glen Cove. Police didn't tell us exactly what was going on, but they knew somebody had kidnapped a woman. So they had all kinds of police cars chasing after him. He went in from Glen Cove into Manhasset, and that's when he slammed into a police cruiser. They say it was on purpose. He then... Uh, got out of the car and ran away. Police were able to get to the woman he had allegedly kidnapped. Uh, apparently, she is okay. There were a bunch of people who saw this because this was the middle of the day yesterday, about noon. So about 15, 20 cops going by, chasing him, and they went southbound on this road. Glen Cove and uh, a lot of undercover cops. So the amazing part about this is it was a pretty high-speed chase. Uh, even when he slammed into that cruiser, nobody was hurt. We don't know if the guy who's accused of kidnapping the woman is hurt because he's still on the loose at this hour. The female victim is safe. Police say the car they're looking for, a 2017 black Honda Accord. Obviously, now we'll have some front-end damage, but so far they haven't been able to find that creep. While we're out on Long Island, headless chickens uncovered at a middle island cemetery this has happened a number of times in this area over the last couple weeks suffolk county society for protection of cruelty to animals doing the investigation spa spca says the beheaded chickens a goat skeleton and a bag with coconut chunks were found by a tombstone at the union cemetery by a man who was walking his dog this is just something that is uh it's a barbaric act of animal cruelty. These animals are suffering terribly. Investigators believe the animals were tortured as part of some sort of ritual. Two beheaded chickens were found in the same spot just a couple of weeks ago. No arrests have been made, but uh, when they do, these people will be in a lot of trouble. The Suffolk SPCA offering $2,000 cash now for information on this possible animal sacrifice. And while we're on Long Island, one more story. Fire chiefs on Fire Island say they're worried about washed out beaches. Fire Island Fire Chiefs Council Vernon Herrickson says the beaches are eroded from the storms this past September and becoming a ticking time bomb for first responders. We need access to those communities by driving along the ocean. So when the erosion um, hits and washes away the beach, then we have an issue. He says the damage is preventing fire departments from doing their job because they can't drive their vehicles along the sand. There are some buildings that are in jeopardy of falling into the ocean. In the meantime, Senator Schumer says he'll push the Army Corps of Engineers to conduct emergency repair of those dunes and beaches right away. WABC News on 539. Governor Hochul says Floyd Bennett Field is supposed to be an emergency option for migrants as the city tries to figure out where to house all these migrants who continue to roll in here on buses from the Mexico, U.S.-Mexico border. So uh, she says um, she watched as some of these migrants were bussed in on Sunday and did not like the conditions at this tent city and then walked away, asked to go somewhere else. Migrants, these people in search of asylum, they have been accommodated in many times hotel rooms in New York City for 
long periods of time. That's not sustainable. Yeah, those hotels, of course, nicer than this tent city where the bathrooms are, are outdoors and it just doesn't look as comfortable. She's once again, Hochul, calling on the feds, the White House, to allow new arrivals to work. She says if uh, these people were given the option to work right away, they wouldn't need to be sheltered by the city. I have 460,000 open jobs in the state of New York, over almost 40,000 jobs that were identified on our Department of Labor website for people to say, as soon as they get a work authorization, I'll hire them. That's transformative. Right now, though, those migrants have to wait months on end to get those work permits. Mayor Adams trying to make the downtown Manhattan heliport become the first in the world with infrastructure to support electric helicopters. Adams says the city's now looking for an operator to upgrade the city-owned heliport so electric vertical takeoff and landing aircraft could use it. So they can build the transport infrastructure of tomorrow. This is a bold, a bold new vision on what we want to accomplish as a city. Of course, those are the electric helicopters are a whole lot quieter than the ones that buzz around the Manhattan skyline now. This new vision is going to change New York City's skies and waterways for the better, improving the quality of life for all New Yorkers, creating a cleaner, greener, and quieter New York. 541, let's go out to New Jersey. MTA Chair, CEO Jano Lieber, he was in Newark yesterday to respond to a lawsuit that's been filed by the Garden State. The lawsuit is to stop congestion pricing, but Lieber says it's the right thing to do. It means cleaner air. It means less traffic. It means safer streets, fewer pedestrians and cyclists hit. And it means better transit because we will be investing in transit. Governor Murphy has called congestion pricing an unjust scheme that looks to balance the MTA's budget at the expense of hardworking New Jerseyans who already pay that enormous toll to go through the bridges or over a bridge and through those tunnels. This would add on a lot more. The plan, which is about six months away from going into effect, will cost New Jersey drivers thousands of dollars more a year to travel into the city. A group of elected officials here in the city outraged to hear that New York City cut its latest training program for 250 school safety agents. Staten Island Congresswoman Nicole Maliotakis says there are 25 percent fewer safety agents in schools than they were before the covid pandemic hit we need our school safety agents to be at the appropriate levels which means there should be at least 1200 more right now and some assembly members say they heard directly from some people who were in this canceled class that it was a result of budget cuts to free up expenses to pay for the migrant crisis so cutting the school safety agents program because of a budget shortfall citywide we have seen new york city public school schools have an increase in major felony crimes by 16 percent We've seen disturbing trends of youth violence. Maliotaka says it's critical. Those safety agents are on grounds to keep students and faculty safe. 543 FDNY says that deadly weekend fire in Brooklyn was caused by a lithium-ion battery. FDNY Commissioner Laura Cavanaugh says three generations of one family were killed in this blaze early Sunday morning at the Albany Avenue Brownstone. Cavanaugh 
now pleading again with retailers like Amazon, Walmart to stop selling uncertified devices and um, for the food app delivery companies like Grubhub and Uber Eats to do a better job of making sure that the electric bikes they're using are using top-notch batteries. There is blood on the hands of this private industry, both from the online retailers who continue to sell these illegal devices to this day and from the food delivery apps who continue to think that this problem will solve itself. Of course, the appeal of those devices is they're cheaper than the ones that are better. 81-year-old Alberta West, her 58-year-old son Michael, and their 33-year-old grandson Jamil were all killed uh, in this fire. I mean, just horrendous. These illegal, uncertified devices are ticking time bombs. We cannot and we will not stand by while industry does nothing to stem a problem that lies squarely at their feet and that they can do something about today. I mean, almost all of these fire deaths in New York over the last year or so be, can be connected. Let's say the majority of them can connected to these lithium ion batteries. And if you're asking why, what happens is once they combust, uh, we've seen video of this, they spread the fire so quickly that no matter how fast the firefighters get there, Unfortunately, sometimes it's just too late. At 17 lithium-ion battery fatalities, we are on track to surpass 100 fire deaths this year. That is an extraordinary number not seen in decades. Yeah, just outrageous because it's so preventable. Two scooters were recovered from the scene of this fire in Brooklyn over the weekend, and they say that's likely what started this fire, the lithium, second-grade lithium-ion batteries in those scooters. All right, 545, let's head over to the 77 WABC Sports Desk where we find Justin Elliott. Thank you, Noam Elliott, and we'll start with some hockey-related news, I should say, at the Hockey Hall of Fame last night. Our legendary New York Rangers goaltender Henrik Lundqvist officially inducted into hockey immortality. Here was a part of Lundqvist's speech from last night. Hockey was something that guided me to life, gave me purpose. And I feel so lucky that I find, found so, something so strong and so passion, so much passion for something at an early age. And it's given me so much, more than I can ever imagine. So thank you for this huge honor and for all the memories that I'll bring with me for the rest of my life. He headlined a goaltender-heavy 2023 class inducted last night. That also featured Mike Vernon and Tom Barrasso. The first time three netminders have entered together in more than 60 years. The 2020-12 Vezina Trophy winner as the NHL's top puck stopper. Lundqvist ranks sixth all-time in wins with 459, ninth in games played with 887, and 17th in shutouts with 64. The first Swedish goaltender to be inducted into the hall added 61 more victories in the playoffs, but of course never was able to hoist the Stanley Cup. Nevertheless, congratulations to the great King Henrik. The honor is well-deserved. Week 10 in the NFL wrapped up last night with the Denver Broncos in Buffalo against the Bills on Monday Night Football, getting a second chance after missing wide right from 41 yards thanks to Buffalo being flagged for too many players. Broncos kicker Will Lutz connected on a 36-yard field goal attempt as time expired to secure a 24-22 win over the sloppy turnover-prone Bills. With the win, Denver moves to 4-5 and five overall on the year, which is still good for last place in a tight AFC West race. Sands the first-place Chiefs, of course. As for the Bills, they fall to an even 500 at 5-5, five and five, but still hold on to sole possession of second place in the AFCs behind Miami and in front of New York on the hardwood. 
The Knicks fell in Boston to the Celtics by a score of 114-98. to Jason Tatum scored 17 of his 35 points in the fourth quarter, which is when the Celtics turned a 91-88 to lead into a runaway victory. Jalen Brunson scored 26, and Julius Randle had 25 for New York, which was without R.J. Barrett. He missed the second night of a back-to-back with a migraine headache. Tonight in Brooklyn, the Nets are back on the court as they get set to welcome in the Orlando Magic for another dose of NBA in-season tournament group play. Tip-off there is scheduled for 7.30 p.m. Finally, on the ice in Edmonton, the duo of Adrysaddle and McDavid proved way too much for the Islanders to handle as they propelled the Oilers to the 4-1 win over New York. Barzal scored the lone goal for the Islanders, and Ilya Sorokin finished with 28 saves in route to the loss. New York has lost five in a row now, including four straight in regulation. Tonight, we've got Devils hockey to look forward to as they're back in action on the road in Winnipeg. Puck drop for them against the Jets is set for 8 p.m. Tonight And finally, award uh, news is starting to trickle in out of the world of baseball. Yesterday, Arizona Diamondbacks outfielder Corbin Carroll and Baltimore Orioles shortstop Gunnar Henderson won the Rookie of the Year awards. Only the fifth time both league's winners have been unanimous. Manager of the Year winners will be announced this evening. Cy Young Award announcements will happen tomorrow evening, and we'll find out who our MVPs are come Thursday night. No, that's sports, and I'm Justin Ellick on 77 WABC. All right, let's get you up on the big stories of the morning, the federal probe into Mayor Adams' 2021 campaign, reportedly focusing on the series of text messages related to the opening of the Turkish government's new consulate in Manhattan. Adams uh, continues to condemn information leaking about the investigation. What I really know, you know, is that um, these periodic leaks stop. We're cooperating. We need to put this together so all the facts can come out. Yeah, but the leaks continue. Investigators reportedly looking into whether texts between Adams and FDNY commissioner at the time, Daniel Nigro, and a Turkish official helped fast-track the opening of the new building back in September of 2021. FBI agents stopped Adams on a city street last week, confiscated his mobile devices as part of the investigation. There are people who are coming to the mayor's defense today, including City Councilwoman Gail Brewer, the former Manhattan Borough president. Uh, she says, uh, she told CBS's uh, Marsha Kramer that she often calls city agencies, including the FDNY, to speed things up for her constituents. I would ask them to help with whatever it is if there was a CFO issue, a fire. What I would say is, could you please hurry up because this building has to open. I can understand that. So if Eric Adams did it, do you think it would be a bad thing? No, I don't. And this, if it's a constituent issue, from what I've read in the paper so far, I don't have a problem with it. Now, if there's anything else, I don't know. But in terms of helping a building open, because the fire department is slow, and I have to tell you, they're very slow because they don't have enough inspectors. Yeah, so of course the question is, what, did money change hands in uh, helping this consulate open faster? The uh, mayor, of course, has been trying to get back to business. Today is his regular off-topic press conference. He only does one once a week where he takes off-topic questions. That it's today. Uh, on Thursday, he's going to release details of um, a 5% budget cups uh, to help pay for the migrants. And uh, he says he expects those cuts to city services to be heartbreaking. Uh, but anything he can to not talk about this uh, potential scandal that is brewing around him. Uh, of course, uh, as those questions come in during this press conference today, we'll have them for you later this afternoon. The uh, White House 
now says an American toddler is among the hostages being held by Hamas terrorists in Gaza. We've all spoken with families of U.S. citizens who are being held hostage by Hamas and have raised this issue with all of our counterparts. This remains a paramount priority for us. National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan there telling reporters the three-year-old U.S. citizens whose parents were killed by the terrorists during that October 7th attack in Israel is among the 200 or 250 hostages. The three-year-old American citizen toddler whose parents were tragically killed by Hamas on October 7th. Yeah, so a small number of those hostages have been released. Uh, You had Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu talking about the potential for some sort of trade-off for some of the hostages. Uh, Didn't want, want to give any details, but so far none of that has happened. Meanwhile, a large group of those families who have loved ones being held captive in Gaza by Hamas, they took a chartered plane yesterday from Tel Aviv here to New York so they could pray over the gravesite of a famed rabbi. His name is Menachem Schneerson. Uh, his gravesite's in Queens. And uh, here were some of the people who took that plane ride yesterday. <laughs> found a clip on uh, TikTok which shows that she was abducted by, uh, by a terrorist. You can see they're just begging for her life. Yeah, that's Yanai. His sister Moran is among them. She was selling jewelry at that Nova Music Festival where 260 people were slaughtered. She was kidnapped, dragged into Gaza, and they have not heard anything since. It's already 39 days that we are missing them. We have no information about them whatsoever. We don't know their condition, their physical condition. We're talking here about elderly people, sick people, wounded people, babies. I imagine some of those families will be down in Washington, D.C. Today, thousands planning to gather in the National Mall today for a rally showing solidarity with Israel and the efforts to combat anti-Semitism. An uptick in that over the last couple of weeks. The goal is to uh, ensure that Congress and the White House and America know that the American people stand with Israel, that the American people stand against anti-Semitism, that the American people stand for bringing home our hostages. And that's one of the organizers of that event that's taking place later today on the National Mall, 1 o'clock this afternoon. Let's bring it back here. The life force that is Dr. Ruth Westheimer. She's Remember, she, she was the one who first started talking about sex on the air back in the 1980s in the radio. Well, now she's been appointed, you might have heard, by Governor Hochul to be the state's ambassador to loneliness. So here she is talking about how she'll combat loneliness, which she says is at epidemic proportions in New York. I want to do it because I feel that I still have the strength and the, and the ability to be of help, and that's what I want to do, to be grateful that I'm alive. Westheimer aiming to help New Yorkers with social is- uh, isolation, which is associated with physical and mental health issues such as cardiovascular disease, depression, uh, early dementia. She's 95, which is she's pretty spectacular for 95. She says she has a bunch of ideas. She's going to meet with therapists and psychiatrists over the next couple of months, and they'll lay out a plan to help New Yorkers feel less lonely. But the number one thing she did say is if people invite you somewhere, you know, during the pandemic, we said no so many times but she said now if people invite you out you absolutely should say yes don't turn down invitations it is now an epidemic it is very sad that people are very lonely and they don't have to whom to turn 
and they have to admit to themselves first that they are lonely. The interesting part about this is she said uh, it's always associated with older people who are uh, at home. But she said, no, no, a vast majority, maybe now younger people who feel lonely. Anyway, either way, we'll be anxiously awaiting the report that she does in the next couple months and see what plan she comes up with to help people feel less lonely. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com.